7.9. It's Raka Jet on the inside, a metre in front of Dance Away. Eight metres away then was Victory George on the outside of Roy Lance. Back in the field, better than love broke. Ruslan nowhere to go. Trying to weave through Coccinelli from a smile to winks. And then came Jack O'Connor on the far side. Raka Jet nearest to us, the yellow jacket of Dance Away. Dance Away poked his nose in front. The local trying to kick back Raka Jet. Dance Away, Raka Jet. Raka Jet off the canvas is kicking from Dance Away, who I reckon poked his nose in front. But the local kick back to win the first on Cup Night. Raka Jet throughout beat Dance Away a half head. About 15 away in third place is Raka Jed winning the Mark Gurry and Associates. And you could hear Jamie Kirk uh, cheering him home in the crowd. And he, he yelled out to George Batsakis as well, you beauty, Georgie. And it was a great little moment in the crowd and it was well celebrated. He he got to the front, Raka Jed, in 27-1, which uh, that first quarter, and I don't need to equate them when they're a mile. It's a bit easier for me, Steve, was... <laughs> was only 0.2 off the fastest of the night, which was major fire. It went huge, 26.9. Dance away was, was just superb, really. 154.8, sat three wide in those early stages of the race. Coccinelli with an absolute peach of a drive by Taylor French. If, if anyone wants to go back and watch how to drive a horse from outside of the front gate sometimes, went all the way back, went to the pegs. We all know Cranbourne's a pig's dominated track and uh, she took every shortcut she could and she doesn't drive that horse so well. It doesn't collect the $1,500 for third. A great drive from Taylor French. A smile and a winks was steady in fourth with Ruslan in fifth, but a great result. It was great to see Jamie. I love getting people on my show and then seeing them win, Steve. It's just something about it for some reason when you sort of lead them in and it, Jamie's only been training for basically 12 months in and to get a double on any meeting, but for it to be a Cranbourne Cup meeting like this was a super performance by him. Yeah, definitely right. Uh, nothing better than winning at your home track. I haven't met Jamie yet, um, so looking forward to finally doing that at some stage. Horses are going really well. Raka Jed, uh, it, it toughed it out. Looked like it was uh, going to get beat with about 30 or 40 metres to go, but it stuck the head back out mm. doggedly on the line and uh, and held on for the win with Jody Quinlan taking the, the reins in this one. And uh, Danceway, as she said, it was a massive run. Gee, it couldn't have been more impressed with that. I was that impressed, though. I put dance away straight yeah. into the little black book because uh, I can see it winning plenty of races soon. It's it's so hard to sit outside them around Cranbourne and uh, to do the work that it did and to get so close at the finish. It was an extremely good run and, and they absolutely gapped the rest of the field. 16.7 metres away to Cochinal, who, as you said, took all the cheap uh, runs up the fence, uh, perfectly driven there by Taylor uh, running third. I was really keen on uh, Jack O'Connor, and the punters came for it late. He got the perfect run through at the start and then just kept getting shuffled back, shuffled back, shuffled back and uh, just could not get into the race with that quick 27-9 third quarter, home in 28. And uh, Cranbourne's a funny old track. It can uh, it can bring the back horses uh, undone very, very quickly. That home corner is extremely hard to go wide around and, and try to make ground. So uh, you certainly do want to be up close to the front. It's the best place to be when it comes to racing at Cranbourne. Dance away. Uh, there's a 70 to 79 at Terang, and it's a 70 rated horse. So uh, you can really pencil that down for next Saturday night. You're going to have a runner in the little black book in that race, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. I was looking at that and thought, well, it's going to draw good <laughs> instead of drawing seven. It should be drawing fairly good. So no, uh, no, it's oh, it's a oh, PBD, NR, is it? No, no, yeah, I know. So it's NR last four dollars. So yeah, it is going to draw pretty well. Best, because... yeah, it'll draw worst of the seventies, but. 
it'll be, yeah, drawing well. So it shouldn't be drawing barrier seven again, that's for sure. You know what uh, David Murphy says, though, when we say things like that? Be, there can be a lot of horses in those races, though, and you can tell I'm taking greater interest in this at the moment, Steve. <laughs> there can be a lot of horses under rating 70 that all get assessed as basically a 70. So a 70. it c- could still draw about five or something in that race. So anyway, it'll be interesting. I, I have actually drawn the second row in a 70 to 79 when I was a 73. So... Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes, yeah, you get quite a few 67, 68s get nominated. And next thing you know, you're a 70 and you've drawn seven and you just think, how does that happen? It's, you know, we'll, we'll put them in this race to draw good and you've drawn outside the front. So it certainly can happen. Uh, hopefully for Dance Away, it doesn't because, uh, yeah, Little Black Book had another good run on Saturday night at Cranbourne and hopefully it can continue uh, this week going in at Tarang with their big cup night. Jack, all of Jack O'Connor's wins in Australia have been when he's been led, when he's led all leaders back. So I just would put an asterisk next to him and say, well, next time he goes around with that good barrier draw, I, I, I would be thinking he'll be a great chance in the race because he's running, yeah. he's racing really well. He's racing sensational. And as I said, once he got shuffled back, who's one out and four back, it was race over. Mm. Um, I was covering the races on SEN track oh, yeah. with Damo Watson Saturday night. And um, yeah, I, I gave... Jack O'Connor is one of my better bets of the night. And as I said during the run, I said, well, our race is over and we've still got a lap and a bit to go. So uh, that's just Cranbourne for you. So don't get off Jack O'Connor if you were on him because, yeah, he is racing terrific and he will be winning soon. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to race two, the Blue Hills Rise Trot. Side of Chiron, who's one by one. Four metres tripod outside of Goodhart. Three back the running line and three back the pegs. And three metres Song Royale. Four back the running line outside of Baxter. Four back on the pegs. 28.5 third quarter. The two favourites fight it out. Kai Valley Honey Bunny on the inside. Love your brother to the outer runs out. On the outer runs out to the centre. And now gallops. So Kai Valley Honey Bunny is left with a big lead. Tripod had to switch to the inner to get around a galloping. Love your brother. It's into second place. BK Merlot in third. But Kai Valley Honey Bunny is too good. And Kai Valley Honey Bunny goes on to beat Tripod by seven metres. Nine metres BK Merlot, two metres Baxter fourth and eight metres. Kai Valley Honey Bunny winning. Lead rate here for the Trotters was 31.1. The middle half was 64.8, which is pretty slow even for these Trotters. And uh, Chris was giggling in front with Kai Valley Honey Bunny and uh, a few mistakes. Uh, Sangrial, of course, broke early sulky contacted so might be a reason for that i didn't go back and review that that closely love your brother just got a little bit tired towards the end and made that mistake i think we'll see him improve out of that tripod got to the line really well steve and bk merlot i said on this show on friday it was my tip the place i just felt like it was a great place chance and it hung on for third yeah, you and me both, Toby. Yeah, uh, again, Saturday night, I threw this one in. I thought Kai Valley Honey Bunny was the better of the race because of the barrier draw. I thought he finds a front. And as I said, around Cranbourne, it's such a uh, you know big advantage to be up there in front. And I didn't think they'd be able to run him down. And I said, well, BK Merlot's only got to be three pegs and it can be running a drum. And it paid $4.50 the place, which is just sensational odds. Uh, it sort of 
done something wrong in the score up about halfway around the corner and I went, oh, there goes my value play. You're going to look silly. But he got down trotting pretty quick and then uh, got away very safely. So great job there by VK Merlo to stick on so well and run third. Uh, Love Your Brother was going really well. He was never going to beat the favourite, but he was certainly yeah. going to run second before he gallops. So he's certainly worth uh, following on. If he uh, does everything right, he'll certainly be around the money. There's no worries about that. As she said, Tripod got home well, but Kai Valley Honey Bunny, it was doing a pretty easy, especially once Chris had got away with such a slow first quarter. It was pretty much race over from there on out with three quarters to run. Maddie's just as likely to put him in the Touring Cup next week, love you, brother. You just don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wouldn't surprise. Yeah, he can do some things like that. Well, he'll start off the front anyway. There's no other race for him. So, yeah, no, I think he's got plenty of ability, love you, brother. They've taken their time with him. Uh, so hopefully uh, they can reap rewards. You know, he's a very special horse to Maddie and, and to Peter and to Helen and, and uh, some of the crew down there, Stevie Blacker as well. Oh, race three was the Elder Baron Park Trot. And it was a funny old race, this, towards the end. There was three of them gallop, but I don't know. I didn't look like any of those were about to win this race. It just looked like Love Gun all the way. On shot, he's three back in the one-out line now on Iron Love. So off the back, the third quarter, 29.2. Naked Ambition, about four metres to Love Gun. A metre to the white bridle of Mercenary on the inside. Three metres, Tipsy Turvy. Iron Love will have to come from last. Trots roughly, though, and gallops. Also galloping Tipsy Turvy and ran into Grumpy. So all of a sudden, the back three are out of play. Up front, Love Gun claim Naked Ambition. Mercenary goes up the sprint lane. Love Gun and Mercenary fight it out. Nearest to us, Love Gun. Far side, Mercenary. Love Gun going home best. Wants to duck in a tat on the line, but Love Gun in the sprint up the straight, a metre and a half to Mercenary. Naked Ambition in third place, two or three. A love gun for Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars. And we've seen this a few times now. It has a couple of weeks off, comes back and performs at its best. Love gun for whatever reason. And uh, the 36.7 lead rate was only 31.4. So that's not electric or anything. So he controlled the race pretty well with Naked Ambition. The middle half was slow again, 64.5, and then they got rocking and rolling, 29.2 and 28.7. And for for all the years I've been going at Cranbourne, Steve, a lot of trotters have galloped at just the top of that straight for whatever reason. When they're just under that little bit of pressure, it just seems the top of that straight. They gallop, and uh, guess what? There was three of them in this race, so easy to say in hindsight, I suppose. But for whatever it is, just as they turn and straighten it, they just get off balance or something, and uh, certainly wasn't Love Gun. He was very, very good. Yeah, he was. Uh, it is one of those funny tracks, Toby. It's, it's corners are very tight, so mm. when you come into the straight, it does seem very sharp, um, whereas the bigger corners, they sort of roll into the straight a lot smoother than what they do off the tight corners, so uh, it doesn't surprise me there with the trotters, you know, doing some things wrong, but Love Gun, very good winning that race. He, uh, he hit the line very determinedly, which was great to see. He's, looks like he's back in the zone, which uh, he, he sort of went went out of the picture for a little while. He he went really good for a little, you know, for a good patch there, and then he just sort of lost form and didn't look like his mind was really on the job. But now he seems to be back and, and really savaging the line. When Greg asked him, he really dug deep. Mercenary was terrific up the sprint lane for James Herbertson. He is just going super as well. Mm. I thought Naked Ambition... And I know it's only been beaten 3.6 metres, and this might sound a bit harsh, but I thought Naked Ambition was disappointing. Um, with that lead time, first quarter, second quarter, I thought, wow, you know, they may have pinched this one uh, with Naked Ambition, 29-2 off the back. I thought, this is it, you know, it, it's going to win this race for sure with the way the race has been run. And 
I suppose to get beaten by the other two so easily, just thought, well, maybe she's not quite at her very best because I thought the best naked ambition would have held those off with the run that it had out in front. But um, as I said, I don't want to be too harsh because it still ran third and only got beaten less than a length. So um, it, it was still a good run, but I just thought the very best naked ambition would have held those two horses off. And then you've got Iron Love, Tipsy Turvy Grumpy, who all gallop. But uh, look, I was keen on Iron Love in that race. And once again, at the back of the field, you just got uh, no hope of winning it the way the race was run and even if he didn't gallop uh iron love was not going to be winning that race anyway so uh it sort of i made mm. it i suppose it makes it look a bit more forgiving because it galloped and you just forget about the run but it was not going to be able to get up and uh, run down any of the front three runners there yeah i agree so the radius of the turns and i've said this a few times that cranbourne and ballarat play like an 800 meter track they've got 80 meter radiuses and to put that in perspective, Warrigal, most would say, is a small track. It's 86 metres, the radius of the bend. So, yep. uh, And then like a Melton and a Bendigo is 110. So it's it's a vast difference. That last bend, it plays like an 800-metre track, not a 1,000-metre track. But then the straight can... Long straights. Yeah, long straights, which changes things once again. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, and you sort of notice it when you go three wide, especially uh, the corner just after the finishing post. If you start pulling out three wide there, you, you can lose a length in about two strides yeah. um, if your horse doesn't balance up onto that corner straight away. Sometimes as soon as they hit the corner, they want to hang in a little bit. And all of a sudden you're you're losing ground very, very quickly without even really slowing down. So uh, it is a tricky track. And, uh, you know, if you're playing speed maps, you, you want to be looking for horses that are going to be racing up, up towards the front. And the other thing at Cranbourne people probably don't realise is the third quarter, you're not really on a bend in the third quarter, it's almost from the from the start of the back straight to the end of the back straight. There's a little bit of bend and a little bit of bend at each end. But if you're three wide in the third quarter and they run 26.9, you haven't covered any real extra ground, if that makes sense as well. Yeah, it doesn't cover as much ground. If you have yeah. a look um, at the sectionals, in most third quarters here, the horses were running 402 to 403 metres, yeah. whereas the fourth quarter they're running sort of 405 to 410 metres, covering that extra little bit of ground yeah, around yeah. the corner. So, uh, yeah, when you are out wide on a bend um, off the fence, you will cover that extra bit more ground.